So welcome back to another episode of the Sunday Slam Sessions. Uh, In case you missed the first one um, with Adrian all the way from Australia, I feel like it's quite nice that Adrian and Australia sort of alliterate. Um, The idea behind these episodes is to get a bit of a funny look into some amazing people that work within or are within the pageant industry. It is work. I think even when you're a contestant, it's still work within the pageant industry. And I can be accused of being a bit too serious at times, so it felt like we needed some light-hearted episodes as well, mixed in with the advice and the guest expert speakers and things like that. And also, there are so many fantastic people within the pageant industry, not just within the UK, all over the world. And I wanted to get a chance to meet more of them and share more of them with you guys listening at home. And so the Sunday Slam was born. So, we're on to our second episode. Are you ready for your Sunday Slam? Yes, I am. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry, with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. So, question one, what's your name? Uh, my name is Sharon Gaffer. What? Where is the most relaxing place you've ever been? Um, Indonesia. What have you only recently formed an opinion about? Oh, wow, that's actually quite a difficult one. <laughs> um... Hmm. I would say probably my opinion on cats. Opinion on cats? Yeah. I may have to circle back to that bit. Um, What is the most heartwarming thing you've ever seen? I would say when I went to Japan for Miss International, um, meeting the school children out there, I would say the most heartwarming thing I've ever seen. What's the most interesting piece of art you've seen? Uh, I do a lot of work with, um, sorry, period poverty charities, and I've seen a lot of artwork used, like made out of tampons. That's amazing. Oh, we could have loads to circle back to, won't we? Uh, <laughs> we're on, and we're on question six. Uh, <laughs> what's something you like to do the old-fashioned way? I would say communicate with people. I feel like with technology, we forget how to communicate face to face. So that's something I like to do the old fashioned way. I'm even considered old fashioned the fact that I like phone calls. I mean, sometimes there are digital phone calls online if it's abroad, but still like speaking instead of typing words. I'm, that apparently is old fashioned. <laughs> would, <laughs> would you rather go hand gliding or whitewater rafting? Uh, hand gliding. Who has impressed you most with what they've accomplished? Oh, oh, that's so difficult. Uh, I know so many people, so that's so that is actually really difficult. I would probably say um, a girl I went to school with 
Um, she has she has suffered with anxiety, but um, she kind of turned that into a positive and built a business from scratch. Um, so yeah, definitely the most like the most impressive person I know. How do you relax after a hard day of work? I would go well since I've moved. I've got a pool near where I live, so I would say going for a swim. What TV show or movie do you refuse to watch? Hmm. Mm, actually, with TV shows. I think Roger always recommends things to me, but I think I refuse to watch a lot of things based on the fact I have an addictive personality and I don't have time to keep <laughs> watching things. So, like, if I start yeah. watching something, I have to watch it again and again or, like, continue watch every episode. I just don't have time to do that. I have found a good solution for this when you do want to binge watch something is watch something you've already watched before. So I'm addicted to personality too and I'm currently re-watching old Ally McBeal episodes that I watched when I was a kid because I kind of know what's happening so that I can get pull myself away from the addiction if I need to. Um, but I can leave it driveling in the background if I'm like, oh, I just want some drivel on. <laughs> <laughs> what jo- job do you think you'd be really good at? Oh... I think I would be a really good, like, maybe a motivational speaker. What pets did you have while you were growing up? Um, so my pet, I actually wasn't allowed pets when I grew up. So my parents told me that my brother was my pet. Oh, that's why I want to get a pet because we're one and done with children. So I I feel like my daughter needs a sibling. So she's going to get a dog one day when my partner. That is a good choice. (laughs) Where would you spend all your time if you could? Mm, My bed. (laughs) (laughs) What would be the most amazing adventure to go on? I think backpacking around Asia. What um, what would be your ideal way to spend the weekend? Uh, my ideal way is um, having a nice lay-in, having a nice morning swim, and then having brunch with my friends. Uh, what's the best way a person can spend their time? I think um, focusing on long-term goals. So that, like, by, by doing little things like reading a book. Uh, what one thing do you really want but can't afford? A Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> what is the luckiest thing that has happened to you? Oh. Oh, actually, I know. I almost left my phone on the tube and someone turned around and gave it to me. Oh, <laughs> oh that's oh. lucky. That's very <laughs> Uh, what are some small things that can make your day better um okay a really good piece of fruit (laughs) um getting because we're hot desk in my office so getting the window desk um Mm. and it not raining (laughs) (laughs) i love it when it doesn't rain uh what's the best thing that happened to you last week um, oh, this is going to be so lame. Getting a possible Brexit extension. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> what are you looking forward to in the coming months? Um, my birthday. What's your favourite piece of clothing that you own or have owned? Um, I don't know if this counts. I've, 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 I have a Louis Vuitton bag. That's my favourite piece. That yeah, counts. I'd count my bags. Yeah. I have very few of them, so I'd have to count them because I also have very few clothes. Um, <laughs> I hate stuff. I can't stand having stuff. What is the most annoying habit that other people have? Eating loudly. <laughs> what is the most annoying question that people ask you? Oh, where are you from? Uh, what's the most impressive thing you know how to do? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Mm. That is actually really difficult. Well, as I always say to my two and a half year old, I don't know is an acceptable response because it's better to admit that you don't know than to try and fake it. Yeah, I don't think there's, I don't know. No, we'll go with it. That's a good, I, well, I said, if I, te- as a parent, if I, if I let my child say it, I should accept that one as a response, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> what is the best book that you've ever read? I think, um, I think it's called The New Poverty. Ooh. It's what, on my bookshelf. <laughs> what question would you most like to know the answer to? What are next week's lottery numbers? <laughs> <laughs> what are you interested in that most people haven't heard of? Oh. Again, that's something I don't know. I seem to find yeah. a lot of people haven't heard of pageantry. Uh, <laughs> I, my most common question after people find out I do pageants is, is that a thing? And I'm like... Yes, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a growing it's, thing. It's weird. So, like, when people find out I do pageants, the question I get is, so is that the toddlers and tiaras thing? <laughs> so, like, they've heard of it, but they've only seen yeah, that. Toddlers and tiaras. Now my little yeah. one is doing pageants. I get that. They're like, what, like, toddlers and tiaras? And I was like, no, that's full glitz. I won't put her through that yet. No. <laughs> um, well, say so yeah, she'd have to choose to want to do that. But she's, yeah, I'm not sure I'd get, she'd be a full wig at two and a half to be able to do that in the UK because she hasn't got enough hair to do anything with. And I like her little cute pixie hair thing. Yeah, that's cute. I don't like, like the whole flippers and wig thing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I feel comfortable with that when she can't, like, I can't explain it to her. When she's old enough that I can explain it to her and she can decide then that's her choice with the exception of getting her ears pierced. She has to wait until she's in double digits for that. No, <laughs> no permanent body mutilation until you're at least 10 in my book. Um, what country or state, I'll count the American states as different countries. Um, so what state or country would you never want to go back to? I would have to say Saudi Arabia. Where do you usually go when you have time off? To my mum's house. Aww. What are you <laughs> most looking forward to in the next 10 years? Graduating university. What game or movie would you most... Uh, 
What I can't even read my own questions. What game or movie universe would you most like to live in? The Devil Wears Prada. Oh yes, with all the food clothing <laughs> samples. Oh, I'd never fit in any of them, but yes. No, <laughs> neither do I. But a girl can dream. <laughs> accessories, accessories. Um, if you suddenly become a master at woodworking, what would you make? I, I think I'd make a musical instrument. That would be so cool. I can't play anything, though, but um, that would be really cool, yeah. Uh, what are you most insecure about? Hmm. I would say probably my size. It's uh, like men so rarely would come back with like body image questions wouldn't they it's it's such a well predominantly female linked thing yeah. isn't it? and it's such a shame I had a, a friend and her daughter's a twiglet and um, her words not mine I've never met her and um she said her daughter started saying that her thighs were big and she's like well, who's been telling her this who's been doing this and she realized it's because she said it about herself like when she'd try and close or look in the mirror and stuff she'd say oh my thighs are so big and her daughter had started repeating it um such a such a such a female yeah, thing. It's, it's weird. It. I do it even now about things that my mum used to say when I was growing up about herself. Um, and I've obviously like got that ingrained in me now. And yeah. what's the most illegal thing you've done? <laughs> um oh no, I'd say speeding. <laughs> That's not too bad. Uh, how do you, which obviously it wasn't intentional, speaking, obviously. Um, obviously. How do you get in, your, in the way of your own success? I would say I put too much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Perfectionism. Yeah. Um, what are you afraid people see when they look at you? I... I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of it, but I think because I'm quite dominating in my opinion, I would, I am afraid that people see me as a bit of a control freak or a a bit of a, I'm not going to say the word, but yeah, a bit of a B word. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that because yeah, I have, I have strong opinions. I either like blend in because I don't have an opinion either way. So I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. Um, yeah. Or I'm like, no, I've researched this full force. This is what I think about this thing. Um, and to end on a high note, what's the most surprising self-realization you've ever had? Uh, that for a uh, undergraduate from a small town in Oxfordshire, I've come so far and I'm, I'm an amazing woman. That's beautiful. I'm, I just, I, sorry, the, the, the pressure of some of these questions is a bit intense, but <laughs> it's hence why I wanted to call it the Sunday Slam, because it is quite, it's quite a thing to take on. People are like, yeah, I can answer 40 fast fire questions. Um, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then I'm like, right, what's the meaning of life? Um, <laughs> but you're saying about the, um, the period poverty stuff that you work with um, and the art and stuff you've seen around that. Uh, Cause it, I have, I am, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've never been in a, in a poverty position. I've always had people that I could have gone to, gone back to my mum, gone back to my dad and things like that. But I remember in my early late teens, it wasn't quite into my twenties in my early, uh, late, late teens. And I'd got moved away. And um, because I had a job with accommodation, 
gave up the job and suddenly had to find accommodation. Didn't feel like I could go back, even though I could have done. And I got to the point where I'd, I'd run out of money and wasn't going to be paid yet. And my Tesco club card vouchers rocked up. Um, and I had like £7.50, £8.50 Tesco club card vouchers to eat with. And I sort of had to think, what else, what do I need to get with this? And that was the really the first time it ever dawned on me is what would you do if you had no money for period products? Like, I d- it was just like, that's an essential. That's, that's a human. R- no, it's not. Like, if I had no money, I wouldn't be able to go to the shops and get them. And I mean, I've, um, I've got a hormonal imbalance. So I'm, I maybe get two periods a year. And yeah. um, so it wasn't, even though it had crossed my mind then, it wasn't like something that I was going to have to deal with that often. Anyway, um, I probably had enough to last me the year already in my possession. But it was the first time that I kind of went, how, what, how, oh, that's a thing. I guess what people do about pageantry. It's it's just kind of shocking, isn't it? That yeah. something, if you've never been in that position, it's something that's so bizarre and it can, I mean, you just imagine if you go on a night out um, and you suddenly come on without expecting it, how vulnerable that makes you feel. I've, I've come on without having anything with me. Um, and that's, that's awkward and demoralizing in, its, in such a tiny way compared to the, well, I'm not going to be able to afford anything for my entire period. It's just, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm so glad to see it's getting so much more coverage now. And people are talking about it a lot more and they're trying to find sustainable ways and things like that. And that I just find amazing. So, yeah, I just I kind of wanted to jump back to that question and find a bit more about what you've been doing with it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like you, I myself have never experienced that poverty firsthand. I've always been in a very lucky position that there is always somebody that I can go to. Um, but because of where majority of my heritage lies it's not always been the same for people I've been related to um I know that my family have shared stories with me about when they couldn't exactly afford those items themselves they would use tea towels socks things like that and you know being caught short um when it happens knowing how like how worried it makes you how vulnerable it makes you feel I I could never imagine having to turn to use a sock or like or or a piece of fabric um or just having to just deal with it so for me that's kind of why I wanted to be so involved with this um it's it kind of started a bit more when I last competed in a power pageant I think it was two years ago maybe two and a half years ago um that it really started for me so I did a collection I collected loads of sanitary items I asked pageant girls to donate and I started handing them out in schools that tend to have students from a lower socioeconomic background Mm. um and it kind of escalated from there when I won Miss International um Miss International UK uh, a charity organization which I used to donate to um which called the Young Women's Trust I started off by donating three pounds a month um, and then they got in contact with me because they'd seen the work that I was doing from social media. And, and, you know, we met, we had a couple of coffees, got to, got to chat to each other about things that I've been doing, um, from, so for the last two years, I've been an ambassador for the Young Women's Trust and that, and 
then I got involved with Superdrug PR um, and they do a lot. Weirdly, even though Superdrug is a drugs, high street drugstore brand, they do with their PR stuff. All the bloggers and stuff don't go to like music, um, makeup openings and things like that. It's very heavy on female body. So going to these events, I went to one that was about female contraception and it got onto the topic of periods. Um, and I met some amazing women and CEOs at these events. So I've got in touch more with more charities and more organizations through that. So um, I did meet a lady called Gabby, who's a CEO of the Bloody Good Period. She collects um, sanitary items. Um, I've encouraged pageant girls to donate directly to the charity on an Amazon wish list and send them on to their address. Um, I know that every Sunday they go to uh, a asylum seekers um, refuge in North London and don't and hand out sanitary items there just because I've heard firsthand relatives' experiences of not having items. Um, and it's the same when I encounter homeless women on the street, you know, people often give give food but do other people consider that homeless women have other needs that people aren't really catering to um yeah and I think it was hard hitting for me when I first started working in London um and a homeless lady who was selling copies of the big issue came up to me and was like look I'm, I'm in a bit of a sticky situation I don't have anything I don't have any money do you have something on you that I can have and like I get scared about asking like a colleague sat next to me I've worked yeah. with for years, let alone approaching some stranger in the street to ask. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just all these little experiences for me have just made it, have, have hit home for me that yeah. that is the reality of some women. So even though I don't, I'm not competing anymore, it's still something that I very much carry on with. And it's very much the basis of my, I would say my, my womanhood, my advocacy and giving back yeah I think it's the amazing thing with pageantry I mean some women have something they want to promote so they come into pageantry to help promote it um and others find that thing through pageantry or like really start to connect with it and things through pageantry one of the reasons I connected with Galaxy is I, I love the charity that works for them and I can really see how the treatment that that charity has brought to the UK um, either did or would have helped my mum because my mum went and we lost her to cancer. Um, and that was a big part of what sort of drew me in and helped me stay very strong with, with the Galaxy family, and um, particularly with the UK, so it's the Christie charity. Um, and I have seen that with, with other ladies and stuff. Well, they've met someone and um, maybe they haven't um, met a charity or anything but maybe they've met someone through pageantry that was severely bullied and that inspired them to go off and start an anti-bullying campaign and things like that um it's it can really open your eyes up again coming into this the sisterhood of pageantry to so many other things is just and also open your eyes up to ways in which you can help because sometimes you can be very passionate about something but you don't know how to make a difference. And then you meet all these other amazing women within pageantry that are making a difference. And they're also willing to share their experiences and share how they've done it and share how they've set up charity events and things like that. It's just such an empowering thing um, when you're trying to, when you're trying to make a difference, it can, it can feel a bit like a drop in the ocean sometimes, but it does make a huge difference. Um, and I bet every single woman that's received an item that you've donated or you've, 
encourage someone else to donate is it is beyond grateful for that experience and um, you must let me know the link for the um for the amazon wish list and i'll make sure that's shared in the show notes for this episode um because it'd be lovely uh, if everyone that's listening wants to go on and share something on there um a lot of people are going to be getting notes from me for christmas saying uh, I went to buy you a Christmas gift and I've donated to this charity instead. Um, <laughs> I, I I hate stuff, so I hate buying stuff for people that don't necessarily need it. Um, I saw earlier today and I nearly commented on it and I thought, no, let's not ruin their fun and be that person. But they were talking about, I think it was an American lady and it was something like a sister sisterhood swap or something where you... Um, gift a present of 10 uh, a $10 present via usually via Amazon and other online retailers are available um, but you gift this $10 present on someone you don't know and I'm thinking that just sounds like buying a whole pile of things you don't need um, like yeah. being given a whole pile of things you don't need and extra postage that we don't need like wasted fuel in postage and packaging and things like that but I was like I'm not gonna like, ruin that for people um but I'm massively massively cutting down on who I'm buying for and what I'm buying this Christmas because I want to give it elsewhere and I want to be able to do a bigger Christmas donation to this child that we sponsor and things like that um so if you're struggling for what Christmas presents to buy people and you're listening to this how about you rock on over to the Amazon wish list that we will link in the show notes and you can gift other people and just tell your friends that you've donated stuff in their names instead. Um, and it'll be a much better use of your money. <laughs> your friends might not instantly agree, but I'm sure in time they will. Um, so I'm, that just sparked a thought in me, though. Do you think, obviously, a lot of these new eco-friendly products that are coming out, I'm a massive Moon Cup fan. There are other similar brands and stuff out there. But it does... Do you think that's really going to help with the property issue? Because it's an item that can be donated or purchased once and last so, so much longer. Um, and same with like the pants that they can wash out and things, the reusable um, period underwear and things. Have you started to see that make an impact? Do you think it will? So I personally haven't used a moon cut myself. I think there are so many... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. There's so many things in my mind that just like make me feel a bit uneasy about it. Like because I um, naturally at that time of month I'm quite heavy. I'm like, do I? When will I know that I need to change it? Will I know that it will like you know leaks and things like that? And as well, coming from the background that I come from, yeah, you just you kind of get told like so when I was younger my mum kind of used to be like tampons are dirty they are like disgusting um and it's a cultural thing like it's not her being old-fashioned or whatever but it's a cultural thing and with asylum seekers as well I kind of just assumed that that would be a similar like they'd have have a similar yeah. cultural thing in that sense um so you know they've already I think they've already experienced not having something I think obviously they will use it if they're given something but it just maybe in the future I can definitely see that becoming a thing but again it's just getting them used to that other yeah. cultural aspect um in that sense but I have ordered myself a moon cup so I'm definitely going to give it a go in the yeah. next one because I do think you know we need to think about the long-term impact of yeah. these yeah. things even though it isn't isn't our fault that this happens um but I've is there's just little things that people can do. So when I order sanitary items, I tend to look for tampons that have 
less plastic for example like non-applicator ones um so yeah it's just it's getting them comfortable with using certain items before we Having get the to education a, with the item as well as the very the advanced <laughs> moon cup <laughs> yeah well so if you're squeamish um i'd recommend you sign off now and just come check the show notes if in case you miss anything specifically exciting but um so i i have more periods now i've had my daughter my two a year and um, i can get up to six um but that's still that's <laughs> that's a busy year for me um but I still get fairly heavy ones and actually um cramps are so much better with the moon cup and I've heard a lot of uh, like I said when I say moon cup there are a lot of other cups available um it's not specifically that brand um but a lot of people say that the cramps are less with them that it's faster because it's so much more natural for your body to just flow out of there but also from a health point of view you're actually getting this, Sounds gross. I don't know why. You're actually getting to see what comes out of you. So you can see if there's any problems. Um, the changes in, in what happens during your period can be a um, really good sign for things like cervical cancers and issues like that and bowel cancers and things. Um, so as gross as it sounds to check what comes out of you, actually, it's it's part of your body that's leaving you. It is worth checking. So I'm, I was, yeah, pre-baby, I didn't use one. And I was like, I don't want to use one. It sounds icky and horrible. And one of my friends, and actually it's so much less icky than using any of the other things. Um, like with a getting your hands dirty situation, icky. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've loved it. And I, yeah, I was very dead against it to start with. So I've come from one extreme to the other. And now I'm like, everyone should get one for Christmas. Um, so yeah, highly, if you're, if you're on the fence, people, and you're listening, highly recommend it. Um, I definitely feel I, I've swum with it. I've like sat in long baths and stuff with it and fine. And, and then forget that I had it in because I've been chasing a toddler around my house um, and things like that. And I never had a problem. So yeah, big big win as far as I'm concerned but um yeah I'd like it'd be lovely if those kind of things were able to be things like said yeah they've got it for years then um and if we can educate them with it but yeah I didn't think about the whole um different cultures teach different things about periods and how they'd handle dealing with that it's a really good point there's so many sides to every story (laughs) I try to have well-rounded opinions on things but sometimes people like throw in another one for you (laughs) Um, well thank you so much for doing this episode um this is the second sunday slam um and it's really nice to to delve a bit deeper into a couple of the questions and things um and although this one has been i guess gory in its own way at least we weren't talking about spiders <laughs> oh no definitely <laughs> not a lot, a lot of spider conversation in the last episode um so make sure if you didn't hear that one with adrian that you pop on back so it's adrian of the pageant project um pop him back through previous episodes and you will find the first episode of the sunday slam that was with him um, and hopefully lots of other amazing episodes that you've really will enjoy and get a lot out of we've got some incredible episodes planned uh, we are nearly at the end of season one and when we come back for season two we will be beautifully rebranded um, and we will be coming back as the Pageant Land podcast. Uh, so I'm very, very excited about that. Um, most of the new branding and things is done. And if you're a member of the Facebook group, which you should all go and join, then you will have seen some of the branding already pop up on there. And the Facebook group name has changed. So go and have a look. Rock over to Facebook. Search 
Pageant Land podcast and the group should appear and get yourself onto that. If I've got any interviews, things like the Sunday Slam, um, requests go up on that page first. They hear about all the exciting things on there first. If I've ever got any giveaways, it'll be on there first. That's the page for all the firsts. So make sure you go and check that one out. But again, thank you so much for spending a little bit of the evening with me. um, And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.